0: In the Bible, there are these sequins and all these gemstones coming out of the Bible. With myrrh, you can smell it. And he picked up the Bible and he squeezed it. And it just gushed with oil and ran down and into the into the thing. And I actually took some in my hands and drank it. And, uh, and just standing around in the building was, was phenomenal. All these wild signs and wonders. It's like, Lord, what are you doing? What's happening in this season? Why? And this all just started a couple years ago. Lord, why are you doing all this now? The same same awe that I had when God started doing things with the big 50-carat gemstones that were coming in 2006. With all of the gold and the water turning to wine. It's like, don't think. Don't try to wrap your mind around it. Just give God glory and create the awe and the reverence. Of God, and it'll happen all the more. I was like, Lord, this is incredible so he he prophesied over me, he took a few minutes and he prophesied over me and I prophesied after he was done prophesying over me, I led him to a fresh place on the carpeting, and I began to prophesy I put my hands up over him because he had he had received some serious lashings from some people that I trust and I know and I respect and I love, but they didn't have a you know anyways they didn't They weren't sure about what was happening uh, with uh, all the signs and the wonders. Well, I'm absolutely convinced. I know what's going on. And uh, so I led him to a fresh place on the carpeting where there was nothing. There was nothing around. And I had him raise his hands before the Lord, he and his wife. And I put my hand on the top of his head, and I began to prophesy. I began to speak, and I began to just be in that place of the glory. I began to prophesy over him about uh, about the nations and nations coming to the brightness of his shining and what God is doing in releasing the Puerto Rican angels. I'm telling you, it's about the Holy Spirit, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ, it's about the presence of God, it's about the glory of God, and the angels are part of the agency of the kingdom of God. They're the ones who bring and do the works of power, they're the ones who come and do the signs and the wonders, and every time there's a miracle, there's an angel involved. And every time there's a sign and a wonder, yes, it's God, but yet the kingdom of the agency and the transportation of that and the fleshing out of that or the working out of the mechanics, the supernatural mechanics, he, he sends his angels to do his. Bidding to do his works of power, according to Psalm one hundred three, verse twenty, the angels are involved. They're the ones doing it. And I began to release the Puerto Rican angels and the fresh glory of God. And I began to prophesy about the honey. I've got my hand on prophesying about the honey. And I said, and the honey's coming. God's going. Honey's going to start gushing out of the wall. Honey's going to start coming out of the Bible. There's a greater golden glory, and the Lord says, taste, see that I am good. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm prophesying about the honey, the rich, thick honey of his presence. And bam, the angel shows up and drops a stone right in, right between he and I. I want to show you that stone. Is, is there a camera? Is there a way to uh, put this on camera? Get it up on the jumbo? If not, that's all right. know if you can see that. It's a honey stone, golden honey. It's 1.77 carats. It's a, it looks like topaz. I took it in and the the, the jewelers believe it's topaz. But as I was prophesying about honey, as I was prophesying about honey, the angel came and dropped Right when I was prophesying about honey, he came and and the angel dropped this beautiful seven-faceted honey stone. It's absolutely incredible. Here we go. we got a camera here. We'll put it up on the screen. A honey stone. Isn't that incredible? I love it when God does stuff like that. A honey stone. And they began to weep. Because they've been persecuted so heavily because of the signs and the wonders and the miracles. Like they asked for it. You know what what drew the signs and the wonders and the miracles and and the realm of glory? You you know what targeted them? You know know what it was that actually brought these manifestations? Where the oil drips down the walls? Hunger. Thirst. Making room for the cloud of His presence. They are a people that just worship. They come together and they worship, they worship, they glory, they make room for the glory of God. And these manifestations began to take place. So uh, as I'm prophesying about honey, the angel comes and drops a honey stone right in front of us. I'm telling you, God's doing some incredible things. Now, I wanted to show you that because I I want you to get a grid work for the supernatural. It's important for us to get a grid work for the supernatural. Supernatural. It's important for us to get uh, something of a framework in our hearts and in our minds for the supernatural. God is doing things. He's, he's moving. His, his kingdom is a kingdom of power, and it's a kingdom of glory. And I just felt like I just needed to share that with you this morning um, so that you could see it. You guys excited about these kinds of things? <laughs> Not sure. I'm just kind of excited about these kinds of things. Now, I, I think did I show you the red, the large red 50 carat that I had last year. Did I share how that all took place? About the angel Emma and about being in, my, in my, my room at 4 o'clock in the morning? Okay, well, I don't, I don't want to, I've got the stone. I'm, I'll just show you the stone real quick. I've got that one. I've got this one. I've, I've given all my other stones away, but I've just got these two left. Actually, I've got a bunch of sequins and I've got some uncut topaz that have come in meetings um, that uh, are supernatural. But Here's the 50-carat stone. That the angel came and and brought me, handed it off hand to hand. It took place in a a vision the day before in a meeting in Washington. And that angel's name is Emma. Now, people say, Emma, you know, I think angels were female. They're not. Well, neither is Gabriel a male angel, nor Michael a male angel, because angels don't have plumbing. People freak out. They freak out about male and female. There is no male or female angel. Angels don't have uh, any kind of, well, they're neither male nor female. Some look male, some look masculine. Some some look female, some look, you know, some are drop-dead gorgeous, beautiful, like Emma. is. This, Emma is this absolutely beautiful angel. Todd Bentley has seen Emma many times. Emma's come into our meetings. I haven't seen Emma in about a year and a half. But when she comes into the meetings, it's very, very clear because uh she, she comes, she brings financial breakthrough. She comes and she, I, I just know she's there. Sometimes I'll see her, sometimes not. There was a season when I was seeing all these angels uh, coming into the meetings. and uh, But I haven't seen Emma in, in about a year and a half now. But I'll tell you, there's another angel, and I think I'm going to talk about this real quickly. There's another angel called Grace. Last night we were talking about Grace, Grace, shout Grace, Grace. There's another angel by the name of Grace. Grace. Um, that is a key angel. And I've seen this angel last year three times. Now, I want to say something about the angel Emma, and I want to say something about the angel Grace. And the reason I'm talking about angels is because we need to get the framework uh, and we, uh, of, of, of the angelic realm. We need to understand the ministry and the function of angels. And unless we understand the, the importance and the ministry and the function of angels, uh, we're going to be limited in everything that we do. We're going to see very little happen. We need to make room for the kingdom. Does that mean that we, we pray? We don't pray to angels. You don't tell angels what to do. You simply acknowledge what the Holy Spirit is doing. You acknowledge what the Lord is doing. And you acknowledge, and you acknowledge the presence of the angelic realm when they come. You don't pray to them, you don't, over, you, know, you don't overly go after it, but you say, Father, thank you for the angels that are here. Lord, thank you for what you're doing with the angels bringing signs and wonders. Lord, thank you. You acknowledge their presence because you get what you talk about. And, and if we're going to be used of God in supernatural explosions and have power encounters, I'm telling you, we need to understand the ministry and the function of angels. And if you want to have deposits of the glory of God in this church and in your life and breakthrough in your life, you need to understand the ministry and the function of angels. So there's something about the angelic order. There's something about the cooperation and the participation in the Holy Spirit and understanding the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not just us. We think it's all about us. It's not about us. We are part of the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters of the kingdom. There's the cherubim, the seraphim. There's a body of Christ in heaven. There's a larger body of Christ in heaven than there is on the earth. Do you realize that? And they know what's going on down here because they can see. I'm not going to teach on the cloud of witnesses. But you need to understand that there's a body of Christ in heaven. There are thousands upon thousands that worship before the Lord, that are having interaction with the the throne and with the kingdom, with the angelic order. Uh, Every day they see what they're in heaven. And they are part of the corporate body of Christ. There's a body on the earth. There's a body in heaven. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, it says that Christ in the fullness of time he, he brought all things together. He headed all things up that he might unify things in heaven and unify things on earth under one head, even Christ. So there's a union and a communion and a participation and an ebb and flow supernaturally between what's going on up there, if you want to call it up there. Yes, there is a place called the third heaven, but I'm telling you, when we start to worship and connect with the supernatural, when we start connecting with heaven, when we start connecting with heaven, that dimension comes to earth. Heaven comes down, we go up, we go up, heaven comes down. It's both. There's an ebb and flow between heaven and earth. That's why signs and wonders start taking place. When we start making room for the glory of God and worshiping the Lord, I'm telling you, that what's in that dimension called the realm of glory, what's in that place called heaven begins to manifest in the natural. And that's the supernatural dimension. That's the, this, this is the superior dimension. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And the things which we see... The physical things were made by the things which you cannot see. Well, Paul said, I look at, he said, we look at things that we cannot see. And we call things that are not, according to our physical eye, as though they are. This realm, the supernatural realm, the realm of glory is the realm of timelessness. It's the realm that has no time. It's the realm that has no boundaries. It. It's the realm of timelessness. It's always existed. And we were born in that realm. We've always lived in that realm. But for a short period of time, because of predestination, God planted us here on the earth to be the express image of his nature during this dispensation of time so that you could be a manifester, you could be a container of the glory of God and manifest his presence so that you could become a gateway in the earth bringing the dominion the revelation, the knowledge and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and manifesting them here that's our job And when we have that understanding, I'm telling you, we're unified with heaven. And the angels are key. We're only part of that. We are the sons of the kingdom of God. The angels are his servants. They're also part of the kingdom of God. So when the kingdom of God comes, when Jesus comes into the room, when Jesus, his presence comes into the room, According to the word of the Lord in Hebrews chapter 1, it says when he brings the firstborn son into the habitable world, it says let all of the angels come and worship him. I wasn't just talking about his birth. When he comes into the habitable world, when we bring him in, because he's enthroned upon the praises, when we bring him in, By worshiping and glorying and magnifying, when He comes into our atmosphere, it says, according to the word of the Lord in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, let all of the angels come and worship Him. So when you feel the presence of God in the room, when you feel the Lord Jesus Christ come into the room, let me ask you, how many angels are in the room? How many angels are in the room? All of them, well, how could all of the angels be in the room? you're thinking with a third dimensional mind the kingdom supernatural think it's fourth it's it's a fourth dimension it's a it's a superior dimension it's not three dimensional. How can God be everywhere at one time? I'm telling you the angels just like when the lord comes into china in a meeting like right now let's say there's a meeting happening in china there's a conference going on when the lord comes into that meeting all of the angels are there too when we bring the, when we make place for the lord to come guess what all of the angels are here as well in the united states in the meetings that are happening there as they're worshiping the lord and the king of glory comes into that atmosphere guess what all of the angels are there as well how does that take place it's a fourth dimension Don't even get me started talking about what about the kingdom of heaven that's in you and all around you? What does that look like? How does the kingdom of God, what is that kingdom that's inside of me, Jesus said in in, uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 23, what does that look like? The kingdom is in me and it's all around me. What does that look like? So the kingdom is inside of me, what does that mean? Does that mean that the throne of God, the angels of God, the seraphim, the cherubim, what does that look like? Just something little food for thought, though I sing with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. I'll let you think on that in just a few minutes. Um I want to share just real quickly we need about, uh, about these two angels, Emma and Grace. These are two angels that God used in 1983 to establish uh, the prophetic move the, or the move of God that we known as the Kansas City move or the Kansas City prophets, which uh, many, many great prophets uh, that we're familiar with uh, came out of Kansas City. Uh, Bob Jones and Paul Kane were the two pop-up figure prophets Uh, Mike Bickle, Kansas City. How many are familiar with Mike Bickle? Kansas City. Mike was there. Uh, Rick Joyner was there. John Paul Jackson was there. Uh, Jim Gall was there. Good friend of mine, these guys are. Uh, Many, many other. uh, Noel Alexander. Many, many other prophets. I'm probably missing many. There were many that are not so popular, but still came out of there. God used uh, Bob Jones, Mike Bickle, Paul Kane to birth something. In Kansas City in 1983 called the prophetic move of God. As a matter of fact, Bob Jones was sent back from death in 1977. and I don't have time to get into that. Bob Jones actually died and uh, stood before the Lord, and the Lord sent him back in 1977 because he said, I'm going to use you, Bob, to prepare a body of Christ, to prepare uh, a people that will, that will birth a move of prophets in the earth. And that move of prophets will go around the world and it will prepare the body of Christ to bring in a billion youth in end time harvest. I'm sending you back... Bob, to prepare the body and to prepare this prophetic office, this prophetic pillar in the body of Christ, this prophetic, uh, uh, this move of God that I'm getting ready to birth that will go into the earth and will eventually train, equip the body of Christ that will be directly involved in bringing in end time harvest. And he said a billion youth will come in at one time. God sent Bob Jones back from death in 77 for that and he found himself in Kansas City with Mike Bickle the Lord used him supernatural uh, encounter after encounter after encounter to prove to Mike Bickle who didn't even believe in the prophetic that uh, that prophets were now and God was doing this and and this this huge explosion this prophetic move was birth out of Kansas City, and and, and if you talk to Bob Jones, you talk to Paul Kane, you talk to Rick Joyner, Mike Bickle, they'll all attribute that during this time when all these miracles, all this revelation was happening, all these things were taking place, this prophetic office was being established, this prophetic pillar was being established in Kansas City. God was doing it They'll all tell you there were two angels that were directly involved with the establishing, helping to birth and bring about the building of of that prophetic camp. And these two angels' names were Emma and Grace. Now, Bob Jones can tell you to a T what Emma looks like because he's had many conversations with with Emma and Grace. And I've heard, I've always heard about these angels and, um, you know, I grew up listening to Bob Jones' stories, and I didn't know Bob. I've just come to know Bob about in the last 10 years. But I've listened to a lot of these things, and I've read the books. And, and so when I finally got to meet Bob and started, you know, uh, which was a whole supernatural thing in itself, and uh, in relationship with Bob for 10 years, I started asking Bob about the angels Emma and Grace. And, I, and finally, about four or five years ago, I said, Bob, have you seen Emma lately? He said, nope, haven't seen that angel in years. That's how he talks. Nope, I haven't seen that angel in years. I said, what about Grace? Have you seen Grace? Nope. He said, that foreigner took my girls. Talking about Todd Bentley. He said, that foreigner come and took my girls. They're working with him now. That was about five years ago. I said, well, Bob, because I was ministering, I said, Bob, Emma has shown up in several of my meetings. He said, I believe that. And I'd tell him different things, and, and uh, I even described Emma to Bob, and he said, yeah, that's right, that's Emma. He said, "Wow, she's very, very beautiful," and I've seen her on—I've on, no, seen her probably on three occasions. Two that are very, very clear. This is a very, very beautiful angel, Emma. This angel is is very, very beautiful. Grace, on the other hand, is, well, she's uh, she's more motherly. She wears her hair. She's got gray hair. She wears it in a bun, on the top of her head, and she's quite large. That's why Bob calls her Great Grace. <laughs> we were shouting great grace last night that's significant so so this this angel Emma and Grace were the two angels that that established the Kansas City prophets i'll tell you what Emma looks like Emma is drop dead beautiful she's just a gorgeous i say she because she's female looking just like i would call michael he because he's female or male looking he's a massive warring angel which i've never seen michael And I've never seen Gabriel, uh, but I've seen this, I've seen Emma. Emma's beautiful. Her eyes are purple. Her skin is like uh, olive, It's just beautiful, not olive, but uh, like ivory, just uh, beautiful, silky, white. Uh, Her hair is blonde, and it has got green shimmers and gold and silver, and it's actually very iridescent. She's got this, her gown is the same way. And she she literally she she floats, she floats about eight inches, ten inches off of the ground. She just moves. She'll fly all over the building. Move. She'll move all over the building. And when, behind her is a is a trail of gold and silver and just different beautiful beautiful colors that that come when she comes into the building. I've seen her like that twice. Anyway, um, ain't. Uh, Emma and Grace, two angels that established the Kansas City prophet in 19, uh, that whole camp, the establishing of that camp or that pillar known as uh, the prophetic office or the prophetic camp, uh, 1983. Well, last year, like I said, it's been a while now. It's been at least two years since I've seen the angel Emma. And last year, I did not see her at all. But last year, I saw the angel Grace three times. The first was in January. I I was with my good friend, Randy Domain, ministering in uh, in uh, California, and the angel showed up. She was silver, silver angel. She poured out this vial of oil, and she laughed immediately. And Randy saw the angel too. He said, did you see the silver angel? I said, yeah, that's grace. That was grace. He said, I've never seen grace before, but it was the silver angel. Poured out oil, looked around the room, and laughed. Well, I got to thinking about that. I said, Lord, why did grace? I knew it was Grace how do you just i just i just knew it was grace i'd never seen grace before but i knew it was grace i said lord that was grace yeah jeff that was grace i said why was she silver bob never said anything about grace being silver he said think about it jeff silver what is the anniversary color of silver so rather silver is a 25 year anniversary there's a golden anniversary there's a silver anniversary and the lord said do the math This was last year, 2007, takes it back to 1983, 25 years prior, 1983, God was establishing the Kansas City Prophets. 25 years ago, the Kansas City Prophets, now 25 years later, these angels are moving again, and they're showing up bringing, Emma's bringing gemstones, 50-carat stones. Freak Bob Jones out. So that can't be Emma. Emma doesn't bring gemstones. I said, Bob, it's Emma. I've seen Emma before. Emma's showing up, bringing the stones. Bob said, it can't be. It's got to be a temple angel. I said, Bob, it's not a temple angel. This is Emma. Yeah, what'd she look like? I described, him, described Emma to Bob. He said, oh my gosh, that's Emma. I said, no kidding, Bob. I, it's Emma. He said, I wonder what that angel's doing, bringing stones. Something new is happening, Bob. Something new is happening. Sometimes, you know, I encourage. Something new is happening, Bob. Something's happening. I said, what do you think's going on? He said, I don't know. And I said last year, Bob, did you see grace? Have you seen grace? I said, I've seen grace once already this year. He said, I haven't seen that angel in years. So grace shows up. She's silver. The Lord says, "It's do the math. It's 25 years. It's, it's a silver anniversary. 25 years ago, this prophetic pillar was established in Kansas City called the Kansas City Prophets. Now, 25 years later, something else is happening. And these two national angels are key. They're involved. They're stirring. They're moving again. Something is happening with the glory of God. Something's happening with these two angels. There was this anticipation. And I started asking the Lord about it, and I'm going to go relatively quick because it's already past time. I'm going to go relatively quick. Maybe I can finish up part of this after a while, but I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings. This is really important. 1 Kings 6 1 Kings chapter 6 Now I'm just going to I'm just going to unpack this for you. I'm going to unpack this pretty quick. It normally w- this would take me another hour, but I'm not going to do it like that. I'm going to do it in hopefully 10 minutes. I'm going to go very very fast. 1 Kings chapter 6 verse 11. Actually verse 13. King Solomon brought in a man. This is the this is the construction of the temple. Okay, this is the building of the temple with the glory of the Lord uh, let the glory of the Lord fill. This is the, the construction, the building of the temple. David could not build the temple. But Solomon built the temple. And Solomon employed a man in the temple to build the temple and to decorate it and to design it. And this man's name was Hiram. King, verse 13, I'm sorry, it's, um, where am I at here? Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, it's uh, chapter 7, verse 13, sorry. First Kings chapter 7, verse 13. King Solomon brought Hiram from Tyre, He was the son of a widow, the tribe of Naphtali. Uh, It says that he was full of wisdom and understanding and skill to do any kind of work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon, and he did all of the bronze work. Verse 15 says, chapter 7, he fashioned two pillars. Say two pillars. Hiram fashioned two pillars in Solomon's temple of bronze. Each were 18 cubits high. uh, a line of 12 cubits and measured its uh, circumference. He made two capitals. Now, um, I don't want to read all of this because it's, it's, you can read it later on. The bottom line is this. Hiram built, he, he established, he put, brought two pillars into Solomon's temple. Two pillars and he made them out of bronze. Verse 21 says this. Hiram set up the pillars of the porch of the temple. He set, there were two pillars inside the temple. So Hiram set up these pillars of the porch of the temple. He set up on the right pillar. He set this pillar up on the right, and he called its name Jacob, which means he will establish. So on the right hand, he put a pillar that he called Jacob. And, and that pillar, or that name Jakin means he will establish. And he set up on the left a pillar, and he called the name of that pillar Boaz, which means strength. So two pillars in Solomon's temple on the inside. On the right, Jacon; On the left, Boaz. Jacon means he will establish. Boaz means strength. Now, the scripture says that uh, by wisdom a house is established. I don't have time to unpack all of the details, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the two pillars real quickly. Jakin and Boaz. Jakin means he will establish. By wisdom, a house, according to Proverbs 24.3, by wisdom, a house is established. Wisdom and revelation work together. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. You guys following me? On the right-hand side, jakin, this pillar, which is wisdom, revelation, establishing. It's also, you can look at it as a prophetic pillar. The name Emma literally means wisdom. Emma means wisdom. The Lord showed me this thing. Now, I'm just going to unpack this for you relatively quick. Two pillars. On the right, jakin, which means wisdom, revelation. Um, it means it's also what Emma means. Now, on the, on the left-hand side, there was a, another pillar called Boaz, which means strength. Twenty-five years ago, long story short, 25 years ago, God established a pillar in the church of Jesus Christ which has been the premier pillar, the primary pillar, which has been a a prophetic pillar, a wisdom pillar, a revelation pillar that shaped uh, the course uh, and impacted the body of Christ and set us in a position of of understanding and knowing uh, revelation. It's called the, the prophetic camp. And many great leaders came out of that Kansas City move. These two angels were key, Emma and Grace. Jacob got established 25 years ago a pillar called Jakin, which is the revelatory or, or the prophetic. Two angels were involved. 25 years later, these two angels are showing up again. One of them, silver, a, a silver anniversary. God's saying, I'm doing something new, Jeff. There's another pillar, a fresh pillar that's coming into view. I'm establishing another pillar. I'm bringing another pillar so that... Uh, 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 just like I did in Solomon's temple, in the temple, and that pillar, Jeff, is Boaz. I said, Boaz, Lord, he said, Boaz. Boaz means strength. Strength like the ox, ox like the apostolic. There's something brand new that's coming into a view. There's an, there's an emerging apostolic generation that God is raising up right now, and this pillar is coming into view. It's now being established. These angels are at work. They're moving again 25 years ago. The prophetic camp, the prophetic pillar was established. Jacob, wisdom, revelation. Now, 25 years later, these angels are moving again. And this second pillar is coming into view called Boaz, called strength, called the ox, called the emerging apostolic generation. And these emerging apostles... Don't look like what we have apostles figured out. They, they don't have bald heads and long beards and flowing white robes. They are young, tattooed. They have piercings. They're ripped jeans. They've got, you know, they're marked by the, this generation, but they move with incredible supernatural understanding and ability. God is using them, this emerging apostolic generation, this emerging. Generation in that will touch the nations. They will go out with the with the kingdom of power and glory. They'll go out with apostolic authority and they will shake nations. Not like the prophetic did. These are a different. This is a brand new pillar, a brand new generation, an apostolic generation that is going to shake the world. Todd's part of that generation. I'm barely a part of that generation. I'm I'm in between. But this, I'm telling you, uh, the new apostles that God is working with and what God is is doing see see the old order of things it's not that they're they're passing away they're the fathers they're the ones that bring the framework and bring the security and and uh, bring the stability for them to be able to do what they do in the nations it's like a Pastor Mike, he's an apostolic overseer, and he's going to be a one as an apostolic father or an apostolic overseer that will enable this body to rise up into its position in strength and to be able to go in and impact the nations. That's just a practical application for this emerging pillar that's coming into view right now called Boaz. Say Boaz. This emerging pillar that's coming into view right now is Boaz. It's strength. It's the ox. It's the emerging apostolic generation, and I'm telling you, uh, uh, you know, it's we we have an an idea of what an apostle is is to look like, and I'm telling you, I think we've got it all all messed up. I think that we uh, we really don't have any idea of what this apostolic generation is going to look like, nor what they're going to accomplish, and nor what they're going to do. Uh, Young apostles. Who, who who have the framework of the Word of God? Uh, some of them will even be brand new in their faith, saved out of you know d- drug addiction, witchcraft, you know sorcery, uh, just fresh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and given a mandate to take the Word of God into the nations, with the Kingdom backing them up. Just go do it. You don't have to go through you know nine years of Bible you know Bible school, and you know, just just go and do it. Freely receive, now freely give. And God's going to work with them as they begin to move, 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 and start employing their gift and start employing their understanding. They'll be fresh, new. These new apostles are going to look like that. That's just part of that. And I'm not saying that they're, 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 all of these are, are going to be just, you know, it's not going to be the older established uh, you know, apostolic fathers. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to make room. We need to not, to not, uh, we need to not misinterpret this. This emerging apostolic generation, I believe, is going to be a generation of emerging sons and daughters. Emerging sons and daughters, the old, the middle-aged, the young. It's going to be the young, the middle-aged, the old. All dancing together, all working together. Really what it is, it's a maturing of the body of Christ. What the last generation's uh, ceiling was, it'll be their springboard into the next level. This emerging apostolic generation, it's going to be the, the older generation, the middle-aged generation, and the younger generation working together. It's called, you can call it the emerging apostolic, but really what it is is this. It's sons and daughters stepping into their rightful place as heirs of all things. And there's no one that can tell you no. There is nobody that can say that you can't do it. If you can see it in your spirit to do it, the Holy Spirit will work with you to accomplish his purpose. Yes, there's going to be things that we have to get through. And yes, we're going to have to go through seasons of deliverance and all different kinds of things. And yes, there's going to be processes for us to be able to flesh that out naturally. But I'm telling you, the little that you give to the Lord, we're in this season of exponential growth In this season of multiplication, you give yourself to God what would normally take 10, 20, 30 years. He'll do in one or two or three years. Sometimes in one, two, or three months. To the degree of yieldedness in this season of acceleration. It's not going to take you 15 years. It'll take you one and a half or 15 months. To the degree of your hunger and your yieldness, and you're willing to go and move and, and see the Lord just explode through you. Isn't that awesome? We're in a season of acceleration. <laughs> oh man, I could just, I'm just starting now. I just got my I just got the hog all warmed up. It's twenty twelve. These two angels, and I'm just talking about two angels. These two angels that established this, this Jakin pillar, this prophetic pillar 25 years ago. Now God is bringing the establishing of another pillar. There were two massive angels in here last night. There were two massive angels in here. Ian saw the angels. They were two huge angels. And I didn't understand what they were at first. But I understand now, prophetic, revelatory, and the establishing of Boaz, the emerging apostolic generation. There's a shift in government happening. You've come to the end of one level. Now you're coming into a brand new level. We stood up last night and we shouted, grace, grace. Grace five is the number of grace. Five, you understand that? Five is the number of grace. Five is also the Ephesians 4:11 fivefold five-fold ministry gifting. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. It's five. Five, five. It's a double portion of the grace of God. We're shouting, grace, grace, because it's not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, that I'm going to do these things. And it's going to be my hand extended toward you that you're going to see these things take place. Grace, grace—it's the apostolic. Five, five, five—is the number for the apostolic fivefold ministry gifting. It's sons and daughters who do all of them. It's not that you just have a teaching gift or a past. You—you you can do everything. God has equipped you. You are fully furnished, lacking nothing. He's equipped you to be able to be to be, be able to do it all. I can st- I can function in the in the in the mantle of a, of an evangelist. I'm going to be doing it next uh, in the next uh, ten days. We've got a, a crusade in Tanzania. Two hundred thousand people a night. Five nights. That's a million people in Tanzania, Arusha City. I'm going to go. I'm going to minister. There will be 200,000 people in one meeting for five nights. Isn't that awesome? Man, that gets me excited. (laughs) We're going to see crazy miracles. We're going to see crazy people coming into the kingdom. I get to function in the mantle of an evangelist. Last night, I functioned in the mantle of a prophet. I can function in the mantle of establishing as an apostle. I can teach. I can preach. I can function in every one of those five-fold ministry giftings because they are mantles and they are offices. Some of them are stronger on my life than others. But I believe that we, we are in the place. If you look at the, at the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 4, just turn there with me. I'm going to close with that. Ephesians chapter 4, if you look at the scripture, it says that these gifts are given for the building of the body. Ephesians chapter 4, I'll close with this so that we can be fresh for uh, this afternoon. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and he gave men, uh, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. There are mantles. There are those that function in those individual offices. Verse 12, his intention for these offices was the perfecting and the full equipping, the training of the saints, his consecrated consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministry toward building up Christ's body. Isn't that good? The reason for these five gifts is so that they would do the works of the ministry so that they would be fully equipped, consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body until, there's an until. These five gifts were there. To equip the body, to train the body, to bring them into a place of of maturing, doing the works, the building up, until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at really mature manhood. The gifts were given, these offices were given to train and equip throughout the ages deposits into the body of Christ so that the body would start to mature. These offices would mature the body of Christ until we come to this one place, until we come to the until we reach Really mature manhood, which is the completeness of the personality, which is nothing less than the standard of of height of Christ's own perfection. Until we reach really mature manhood, the measure of the stature of the fullness, say fullness, of Christ and the completeness found in Him. These gifts are to bring us into the place of maturity. But I believe that we're in this place in end time harvest. I believe that we are beginning to see the dancing hand of God moving in the earth. And I believe that what's taking place in Lakeland and what's what we've been prophesying for years is that God is preparing a corporate body of Christ that looks like him acts like Him, talks like Him, does the exact miracles Jesus Christ does because of the deposits through the ages that bring the corporate body to a place of maturity where seeds sown in the ground are now coming to maturity. First, the seed, then the stalk, then the blade, then the ear and the blade. Where through the ages, there's a maturing that's going on in the body. Because of the of the of the uh, of of the the gifting and the and the the apostolic and every one of these fivefold ministry giftings, bringing a body into a place of maturity. Until this point, I I really believe that what we're seeing now is the beginning of the outpouring of something very, very precious. I believe that in these last days, God is raising up sons and daughters. It's not going to be so much about the gift anymore. Yes, it's going to be about the gift. The gifts will always be for us and will always function in the gifts. But it's going to be about us stepping into our place as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters have everything. As sons and daughters, we're family. We're mature now, according to Galatians chapter 3. We're not under restraints and regulations anymore. Now we're able to function on the behalf of our, of our Father. We're able to function at a, at a level of responsibility. And I believe that we'll be able to do many different things, whatever is needed at that time. I believe that there's a maturing coming. And I believe that we're in this place of acceleration right now. And I believe that God is touching his, his hand. Is, the dancing hand of God is touching the earth. And, and this corporate body that's rising will look like the Lord Jesus Christ. We, The body will grow up into the head, into maturity. Jesus is the head. We are the living temple on the earth. And we will move in the earth. We will look like him, talk like him, act like him, do the same miracles that he did. Do you believe that? So I'm going to close right there. I want you to stand with me. Father, Lord, thank you for the emerging apostolic generation. Lord, I thank you for the, the establishing of Boaz. Lord, I thank you for the establishing of Jacob and all that took place in this past 25 years as the prophetic voice has been the predominant voice in the body of Christ, the revelatory, the prophetic, which established. But Lord, now thank you for what you're doing in establishing this new pillar called Boaz, this new apostolic dimension, this new apostolic pillar of strength. Lord, thank you for this apostolic, emerging apostolic generation of sons and daughters that look like you. Lord, thank you for sons and daughters. Thank you for what you're doing now. And, Lord, I thank you for the maturity and the maturing of the body of Christ. Lord, bless us now. Seal this word. Seal it in our hearts. And um, we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. 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 Let's give a lot of claps. Fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Tremendous. How many felt challenged? Challenged to move by that. Amazing, isn't it? In 1948, there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost took place in Canada, and in that outpouring, there was an outflowing of revelation of the fivefold ministry gifts of Tabernacle of David. Some of you have never clue what that is, need to find out, and uh, also about the manifested sons of God, and there was huge controversy over this teaching. In, uh, in about 1972, we were birthed in a, in a church into revelation of these things, preached them for many years, but without any demonstration of it. An and now we're in a time when God is starting to do it. Absolutely fantastic. And that's uh, about 60 years ago, this was birthed in the world. And uh, 1948, the nation of Israel came into existence. God moved and brought forth revelation about a whole number of things. Huge controversy. Uh, major rejection of all of this teaching. And uh, this is this teaching coming back. The language is slightly different, but it's the same stuff. And it's coming back now, and it's coming back with substance, coming back with reality, coming back because this is a time and God's beginning to make it happen. And uh, I'm just glad I'm here to see it and be part of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give a Lord a great clap and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think if uh, there's one of, the, one of the things that's absolutely certain about an authentic move of God, this is one thing you want to look for an authentic move of God. And that is establish religion, oppose it vehemently. Right from when Jesus first came on the earth, right to now, and I've said, Well, God, keep our hearts soft so we never oppose the new things you do but rather embrace them and and move with them. Listen, if you're going to stay on for lunch here uh, and you've brought your lunch with you, because you haven't provide any lunch, but uh, there is a free cup of coffee out there in the cafe, so you're welcome to come out, coffee and tea and whatever, and stay around have your lunch. Please don't bring food in the auditorium. It just makes it sort of messy afterwards. But uh, do stay on if you want to. Otherwise, there's plenty of places around town we can have lunch. God bless you. we see you at 1.30 this afternoon. Amen.